it's Anne-Marie. Welcome back to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Just you and I hanging out today talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Love this topic. And it's seven ways to build thought leadership with your uncopyable content. Now, if you've hung around me for a while or you've read some of my articles or maybe come to a masterclass or even heard some of my previous podcast episodes, you would have heard me refer to a study that LinkedIn and Edelman did a couple of years ago, so 2019. And so the findings of these studies is very relevant to today, many years later. And that was all around decision makers and how they came to a decision as to whether or not to hire a company, to hire a coach, to hire a consultant, determined by the thought leadership that that consultant, that coach had created with their content. Listen to some of these figures. Now, 87% of decision makers said that building thought leadership built trust. 89% of decision makers said that building thought leadership enhances the reputation of that service provider. 58% of decision makers said that they would choose a business because of their thought leadership. And 61% of decision makers said that they were willing to pay premium prices to work with a brand that articulated a clear vision through their thought leadership. So do you have a clear vision with where you want to build your reputation as that trusted authority through the areas that you really want to position your expertise and have a consistent message that's cutting through the noise, that's very unique, very different approach to all of the other coaches and consultants who are in your industry. Now, if you're not sure, or it's not really Anne-Marie, well, today's show is for you because I want to talk about seven different ways that you can take your existing content and start to think of the uh, the topics that you want to talk about and the information in your articles and podcasts and posts, take that to the next level so you can build your thought leadership. So firstly, I'm assuming that you do want to build your thought leadership. So you, you have to be mindful then of some of the common tactics that you follow as you continue to build your reputation as a trusted authority, it really does matter. Now, I'm sure you've heard other marketers talk about hack this, hack this and hack that tactic to try and build your visibility, to try and build your reach. But I would rather encourage you to start focusing on insights, the things that you have learned, the things that you may have observed through working with clients in your industry or even your industry in general, maybe even industries outside your industry that you can adopt some of the things that they're doing and really take the services and expertise and advice that you're sharing to the next level with your ideal clients because some of the things in other industries are certainly uh, adaptable uh, to your existing customers to help them achieve their results far quicker, far less expensive, all of those different things. You want to talk about hindsight, the things that you have learned, the things that you've you know done along the way, the challenges that you've overcome over the way, and the hindsight, what would you do differently, the lessons that you've learned. Really important to start reflecting that within your content as well as foresight. You know, what are some of the things that based on hindsight and insight you can kind of foresee happening in your industry? 
when you focus on those three things, insight, hindsight and foresight, particularly in a way that only you can bring to that conversation because you're drawing on your years of experience and your years of knowledge, that is what's going to make the difference because it's the wisdom and knowledge that you bring through the longevity in your industry that really matters. And I want to encourage you to showcase that as you build your thought leadership content, your thought leadership collateral. Let's talk about the first way to do that, and that is to address the BS in your industry. Address the BS in your industry. What do I mean? Well, let me share some ideas to get your creative juices flowing. So when it comes to your industry, what's no longer true or completely irrelevant for your ideal client, yet other service providers in your industry are saying how important it is? Yet you know that it's only going to confuse and keep people stuck if they follow that ill advice or that outdated advice. Address that, share that and share what they should be doing instead. Let me give you an example. I had one client who had many years, decades of experience within the teaching arena. However, creating courses and curriculum that was solid curriculum that would really transform the lives of the students because of the way that she looked at the the entire learning journey and how to support a you know a student from really changing uh, their approach and deepening the knowledge versus putting together any old course that someone could then sell. And so what she did was take her decades of experience with how to put together a course with curriculum that would really step by step help clients go from where they were stuck to achieving goals. But it was very much, um, you know, each step supported the previous step was needed the foundation so there was a lot of work that went into that and she was able to draw on her experience and her knowledge her insight hindsight and foresight that um, kind of directed her content and how to create a course that would not only just be any old course that was out there but a course that really would transform the lives of clients And so that's the thing that she started to talk about. Be mindful that you don't just throw up any course. Be mindful about this teaching or this uh, thing that you're being told. You know, put some ideas together, record it, and then put it up on a training platform. And then all of you, there you go, congratulations, you're a course creator. There's a lot more into that. So she really had decades of experience to share in that. And so she started to address the BS in the room, which was that anyone could create any old course because she knew that her ideal client did not want to just create any old course but a course that would cut through all of the other courses that would position them as a trusted authority and that would make a real impact in the world in the world of their client but obviously in general and so that was one of the areas that she was addressing the bs so i hope that makes sense so what is happening in your industry that's no longer true it's completely irrelevant and others, that's what they're teaching. Share more to your ideal client why that is not something that they want to follow. So that's number one. Let's have a look at the second point. Expose the elephant in the room. 
What mistruth or what mistake that your ideal client is not aware of and perhaps is something that other providers in your industry are still teaching? Address that and share that with your ideal clients, particularly what they should be doing uh, instead. Now, the example that I gave to you previously about my client could also be relevant to this as well. There could be teachings that are outdated. In this particular example, I want to share about an elephant in the room for me when it comes to helping businesses, coaches and consultants start their podcast. And that is that so often they get fixated on the number of downloads that their podcast is getting. I'm sure you've heard the term vanity numbers before, and that's where people get caught up businesses get caught up in the number of likes the number of shares the number of comments and in the instance of a podcast the number of downloads that they get but what I say is instead of focusing on vanity numbers focus on building reputation equity because this is something I always say reputation equity is bankable vanity numbers are not So what do I mean by reputation equity is bankable? Well, a while ago, I created a 30 days to distinction challenge. And in that challenge, I covered important insights and tips on how to build your reputation as that trusted authority. And when you've got a reputation of bringing valuable insights and a reputation of delivering great results with your clients or for your clients, people hire you. And it was building reputation equity with my podcast, this podcast, actually, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, that at a number of years ago when I decided to put a hold on the production and I said I'm stopping production you know a number of people reached out privately to me and asked if I would consider selling my podcast and so that was a real surprise to me but I'd built reputation equity over the many years of development and production of the podcast and that compelled people to reach out and to inquire because they were interested in uh in buying that and purchasing that. And I'm sure that that would not have happened had I not built that reputation. I'm sure no one would have been interested. And that's the value of building reputation equity. Your reputation and what people say about you and how they recommend you is going to go such a long way, uh, particularly for your ideal client. And when they're making the decision that you are that choice versus just a choice. So that is my elephant in the room or one of them anyway. I've got a lot of different elephants in the room that I continue to talk about. So that is don't focus on vanity numbers, focus on building reputation equity. So now it's your turn. Think about what elephants in the room can you address when it comes to your industry? Have a think about that. Let's dive into number three. What is the third way to build your thought leadership with uncopyable content? And number three is challenging the status quo. Now, status quo really just means the current state of affairs. How many businesses or even industries are happy doing what they've been doing for many years? They've got that old saying, and I'm sure you've heard it too, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Uh, And here, something may not be broken necessarily, but it could do with a tweak. It could do with improvement. And so maybe in your industry, you've come up with a new approach that's challenging the status quo of your industry. 
go ahead and share it with your clients. Tell them why this new or changed approach is so important and how it's impacting you, the lives of your clients when they're adopting it as well. Let me share uh, a challenge of a status quo that I challenged. So when I was in the career industry, and that was a business many, many years ago, quite a number of my colleagues and you know, uh, yeah, colleagues and friends who were colleagues in the industry um, here in Australia were saying how important it was to have face-to-face meetings with clients. And we really could not do coaching sessions via the phone or via email. Back then, even Skype wasn't invented. But, you know, I remember thinking, why is that not possible? Why can't I have a phone conversation or have email coaching or consulting sessions alongside maybe getting on the phone. I was doing a lot of interview coaching then via the phone, did not do that face-to-face. So I could not see why we couldn't do that face-to-face, do that online and not just only face-to-face. And so I reached out and hired myself some mentors from the US because I knew that I had colleagues over there who were doing that successfully and the rest is history, as they say. Then I began working with clients not only across Australia, but also around the world. And, you know, again, that's what I do today and help others do as well of my clients is helping them reach an international audience. I also started using audio recordings as part of my work back in 2005 and eventually that transitioned into a podcast in 2008 and I still remember back then for years people would say what's a podcast why bother why are you bothering with that Anne-Marie no one really listens to what a a podcast anyway didn't even know what what that was now by the way many of them have come to me and said how do you start a podcast I want to know more about that I wonder what they'd say now about the podcasting and, and being online and coaching online Many more people now are leveraging the online space. Now it's your turn to think about the status quo in your industry. Maybe you've challenged something. Maybe there is an opportunity to challenge the status quo in your industry. And because it's something that you've had some experience on previously, you can beautifully weave that into your story and your content. So that's number three. What's number four? Number four is just doing the opposite to what everyone else in your industry is doing. And I'm sure you've heard the saying, when everyone zigs, zag. So as a change maker, you probably already know that you don't follow trends, you lead trends. Or you look out for certain patterns so that you can identify unique and different ways of doing things. Because being one of the pack just isn't your style. So when it comes to your industry... I wonder, what moves have you made that were different to what everyone else is doing? How has it improved your results? And now, of course, how is it improving the results of your clients? Or maybe you can start to zig because everyone else is zagging. Or maybe others are now zagging and you want to zig. You know, the other day I made a comment about a specific platform and how I had decided not to incorporate that particular platform into my strategy. And someone responded, 
Why not? All of your competitors are on that platform, so you should be too. To which I responded, that's one of the reasons why I don't and I won't, because I know who my ideal client is and she or he is probably not hanging out on that platform because they are on a mission to change the world and that particular platform I could see was a distraction. Another example to zigging when everyone else is zagging came out when one of my colleagues who was a printer mentioned how printed marketing material and relationship building collateral is not as prolific as it was years ago because everyone is online. So imagine if you incorporated a strategy that did involve something unique and uncopyable that was sent to someone's physical mailing address. Wouldn't you agree that that would stand out from all of the other kind of emails and other things that people are doing in the e-world online? I'm sure you would agree that would stand out. Do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. What have you done that's different when you're thinking about what have I done to zig rather than zag? Can you do something in order to bring positive change and quicker results for your clients that's opposite to what everyone else is doing in your industry, even if you just focus on one thing? What is it? Go go researching, go diving down into kind of some of the things that you've been doing or you've noticed your colleagues and the industry doing and ask yourself, what's the opposite to that? And can I implement that into how I'm doing my business? Number five, teach elements of your methodologies. These are the steps that you have come up with and now take your clients through to get them from where they're stuck to where they're achieving their goals. So you want to take elements of those methodologies and teach them. So if you're following me on LinkedIn, check out some of my featured posts where you'll see documents, you'll see infographics where I teach elements of my methodologies because those exact methodologies you'll find in my programs and my courses, we just go deeper and help people unpack that for themselves because I could share all of the things out online, but there's a difference between actually reading, listening, Um, watching a masterclass, participating in a masterclass and then actually doing the training and getting into action with me following along beside you. So, you know, that's what you want to start to do with your content and don't be afraid to share the content because you think, oh, people won't hire me because I'm sharing all the good stuff. Mm -mm. You could teach everything step by step even online and share that. The difference between them taking that information and then having you work alongside them, coaching them, mentoring them, supporting them, being their accountability. All of those things are priceless and why you continue to position yourself as that that choice versus as just a choice because you're sharing this thought leadership, uncopyable content. So one of the things that I shared was this tactic that I accidentally stumbled on and now teach all of my clients on how they need to set up a podcast so that they can begin to nurture listeners, inquiries, and ultimately paying customers from their very first episode. So my tips that I shared on how to create that unique and uncopyable podcast listener experience to build an engaged audience and how to check 
everything that you have in place to do that, right through to podcasting principles, personal branding principles, specifically for coaches and consultants. And I've also shared all of this information on my podcast and my articles as well. I'm proactively teaching elements of my methodologies just as part of my content strategy. Now, I'm not worried that someone would listen to that, read that or watch that on a masterclass and then think, well, I'm going to do that. Because as I said, there is a difference between me working with them and helping them to uncover that and that them trying to figure it out on their own. Because that's one of the things I know people get stuck. But I also know that by sharing that information, it's going to have an aha. It's going to have them thinking, oh my goodness, I never thought of it that way. Or yes, it's so important. I want to start working on it. And then they'll hear me in their head, my voice in their head. And they think, you know what, I've tried this. I'm still stuck. And I want to make sure that I really do this right. I'm going to reach out to Anne-Marie because she's consistently been talking about this over and over again on her podcast, on her live stream, on her articles, on her featured posts on LinkedIn and all of the places That's what I want to have happen to you too. So now it's over to you, your turn. What are some of your methodologies, the steps that you take clients through that you can teach aspects of those methodologies to validate your knowledge and your thought leadership and bring real value to your ideal clients as they're continuing to build, know, like and trust? That is something that you should be doing as part of your content strategy. Now, the sixth point, we're nearing the end, bring in validating third-party statistics. Why? Because third-party statistics that are relevant to your ideal client and the content that you share validates why you're saying what you're saying and can add even more urgency and or importance to what you're saying. And I already shared with you one of the statistics that I often will refer to that was at the beginning of today's podcast episode where I referred to the Edelman and LinkedIn um, study that they did on what building thought leadership actually did in the eyes of the decision maker. And there were some real positive results. So when you think about your industry, Who are some of the organizations that are doing relevant studies that is relevant to your ideal client? Go out and find them. You know, what organizations are conducting studies that are relevant to your industry that can validate what you are saying is so important and start to document those and research those, follow them on their internet and on their news and on their blogs so that you can keep a, a you know finger on the pulse for when any new studies comes out. And then that's something that you can continue to share and weave into your content. All right, here's number seven, innovate. Even 1% difference can make the difference and can be the difference for your ideal client. So here are some tips to help you come up with some content ideas, even more content ideas, specifically the type of content that people want to read, your ideal client wants to read, and it will help you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice with your ideal client. Firstly, specificity and relevancy are key. So here are some ideas to get your creative juices flowing so that you can innovate even that 1% difference. Look at what other people in your industry are talking about and go deeper, much, much 
deeper. And from there, each sub point, go deeper again. Start to share content that's relevant and share from an angle and an approach that no one has gone that deep. Secondly, pinpoint areas that no one else is talking about. Find evidence that validates the importance and relevance and continue to bring fresh and innovative insights into that particular area that no one else is covering. Maybe research other industries, pinpoint overlapping similarities and challenges and even solutions to build a solid business case for why change is needed and why outdated uh, principles and approaches are just no longer valid and helpful for your ideal client. Share that. So start to think about each and every one of those things. Let's recap about these seven ways to build thought leadership with uncopyable content. One, address the BS. Two, expose the elephant in the room. Three, challenge the status quo. Four, do the opposite. Five, teach elements of your methodologies. Six, bring in validating third-party statistics. And seven, innovate. Now, by the way, if you would like to get further support on how to come up with uncopyable message and content, this is something that I teach and mentor inside my membership program, The Influence Alliance. You can find out by going to theinfluencealliance.com. In fact, this is the business building and podcast launch and growth community. And I'd love for you to join us. And we've got all of the expansive training inside the vault on our online hub. And even if you're thinking of launching a podcast down the track, we have uh, training with Inside the Influence Alliance there as well. In fact, that is why I created the Influence Alliance. I wish that the Influence Alliance had been around when I first started my coaching business. And by the way, if you would like to find out how to work with me privately because you would like my private support, go because you would like my private support, then go to annemariecross.com forward slash let's chat and book a time in my calendar. Now I'm always going to be doing some, I'm going to be doing more of these solo shows. If you've got a topic that you would like me to cover, email me at podcast at annemariecross.com. And if you've enjoyed the show, I'd love for you to leave feedback over on our Apple Podcasts. And if you have a friend or colleague who you think this is going to be relevant for them, go ahead and share it. I would so appreciate it. And I'm sure they would too. And as always, I appreciate you for continuing to listen to the podcast, for being a subscriber and part of our community. Um, And as always, I look forward to continuing to help you grow your business, to become known as a trusted authority in your industry, the choice versus just a choice with your ideal client. Bye for now.